Hey guys, thank you for joining us again. This is Paul and Adrian coming at you for Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with schlubby boys and Star Wars droids. Let's go. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. How's it going, Paul? It's uh, it's it's going pretty good. Um, not much to report on. Let's let's not play this game where we pretend we just started talking. We've been we've been talking for a while. Let's not. I'm not here to mislead our audience, Adrian. Why are we breaking the fourth wall? <laughs> is that not is that not something we do on this podcast? No, we're a very we're a three wall podcast. That's the deal that we signed. How many how many floors and roofs are we talking? I'm talking three walls, two roofs, one floor. Okay, what if we do that thing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air did, where they break the fourth wall by literally pointing the camera up at the roof, and you see it's the light stage? That's actually a great clip. Have you watched that recently? Yeah, I've been watching through all of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think I saw it on Reddit or something, but yeah, great. Where uh, uh, Will points out like we can't even afford a roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. then there's that one episode. I haven't gotten there yet, but there's one episode where uh, Will's character, I think he thinks somebody got murdered. Yeah, I think he thinks Carlton got murdered at the end of an episode because he like upset a woman and she kidnapped him. And um, and he ends the episode by being like so shocked to see Carlton that he runs through the entire soundstage, like from set to set, like going from the college like dorm room to like the mansion to like the cafeteria where they always hang out like he like just runs through the set screaming in shock that's actually hilarious yeah so, that was a good show yeah no great show watching yeah. through it is so fun dude nobody does jokes like that anymore it's yeah it's it's definitely worth a rewatch is there anything else that you've watched from your past recently that uh does or doesn't hold up um scrubs I tried to watch like two or three episodes of. I was worried about up. that one. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what I thought. I've been told it does. I don't think it would. Will, will <laughs> if I were to go back. Yeah, it kind of bummed me out how little it held up. It was. Did just you like... start from season one, or did you like? Yeah, that might have been the issue. Maybe it's a show that gets a little bit better after the first few episodes. Yeah, I remember season one being weird. I think you had to kind of get in the middle of it. Okay. But did you know for that show they were gonna end? Uh, they were gonna end season one with the twist being that the janitor was in his imagination the whole time if it was canceled after season one not then, only did we did i did i know that we've talked about that on at least two occasions now adrian why are you breaking the fourth wall <laughs> sorry i forgot <laughs> um no paul that sounds interesting uh we don't talk about random shit like this all the time <laughs> do go on <laughs> I, I will not go on so this week we have a. Uh, we have some advice. That's it for banter call. off top. We're going just. Uh... Wait, what was that? That's it for the banter off top. <laughs> Didn't your friends that like you you talk to about podcasts locally? And this time, I'm going to encourage you not to shit talk the people you know on this episode. Didn't your oh, friends? Give me a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't your friends say that they don't like podcasts with banter? Um. Yeah, but I think those are informational podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they don't they want like news that's um NPR, here are the facts. I, I have no personality. 
there they are or like they don't like it when their local news podcast is talking about like a very gruesome murder that happened and they just start riffing about it that's right. actually one of my favorite podcasts is essentially that <laughs> <laughs> and so people really don't like that podcast um i do actually have something else to say off the top but thank you for stopping me though uh yeah i do have a few things from the last episode uh to rectify i would like to apologize to your mother first of all i'm sorry about that uh i'm sure she appreciates it i'm genuine here uh it was not right for me to say that ice was uh chasing you while you were living in lexington and i would like to apologize they were nipping at our heels <laughs> every turn but uh for real uh defund ice no don't oh, defund ice abolish, abolish ice. ice yeah yeah different things people conflate them um and i would also like to apologize to the family of dick cheney look <laughs> dick we we're never gonna see eye to eye but it wasn't right what i said about you okay just just talk to me again come, come on buddy come on stop. return my calls stop. what are you yeah. what are you asking right now <laughs> stop with the silent game bullshit is there anything you would uh, like to rectify or add to from the last episode adrian that's a good question. I should have thought about that before we started. Um, <laughs> anything I want to rectify? Um, yes, every mistake I made last episode uh, was me just trying to get fan engagement up. I know everything. I never make a mistake. Ronald McDonald lore. And the Miley Cyrus lore. <laughs> and um, what else did we fuck off last week? Shout out to Adrian's friend who uh, who corrected me on uh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, well, I think he corrected both of us because I thought we landed on a point of agreement that was false, <laughs> which is why you shouldn't take eyewitness uh, testimony in court, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. If there was a if there was a trial that was relying on our reaccounting <laughs> of the Miley Cyrus show, <laughs> that we'd be putting a false man in jail for no reason just because I thought Billy Ray Cyrus was just a regular like Jimmy Neutron esque goofy dad <laughs> and not a, a singer songwriter in his own right, and that's mad disrespectful. That that's uh, we're hitting some big facts early on in this episode, but I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Human memory is very fallible. I think those are uh, uh yeah, I think that's all I have for for uh what is this confession? What is this uh <laughs> repentance? 10 Hail Marys my son. I don't know your Catholics. <laughs> we were Baptists. Like once you did your ABCs, you were clean forever. You didn't have to This is this is this is when you have to apologize to my mom next episode after calling it my Catholic shit. Damn, bro. Because she would take ownership of it? <laughs> Look, the Catholic Church has had some, like, bad PR moments over the last couple of years. There's only a few people left to defend it. And old and old foreign ladies are basically right there at the top of that list of people still willing to defend the Catholic Church. Were you ever baptized? Did you ever go with a friend uh, to, like, a Baptist church, like, baptism, and they saved your soul or something? It wasn't that spontaneous. I think I filled out card or like i mentioned at some point that i wanted to get baptized when i was a kid and so they actually came to my house and like asked me these questions and i remember one of them specifically very vividly where they like 
asked me up like point blank they're like if you died right now are you 100% sure that your belief is that you would go to heaven and I was like fuck man <laughs> I guess <laughs> like <laughs> what a weird question to ask someone who's like okay, 10 I, years old I, I, yeah I was um, gonna say I know what age you were interested in Christianity because I've known you most of my life and so that was middle school right like you were 12 or something like that when that happened <laughs> You passed the test. Yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah. You, when they ask you that que- when they asked you that question, you said yes, I will go to heaven, or my belief in Jesus will send me to heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't have like a lie detector or anything. I don't think we were all that well, that well funded at that point. Um, nowadays, they're uh, yeah, they're really checking your heart rate and shit. But yeah, um, I am technically baptized. I switched to a non-denominational church at some point when I was, and that was like where my religion ended. Uh, it was the one that was shaped like a Hershey kiss and that had a skate park in it. So it was a really cool non-denominational church. What, why did you um, switch? I thought, uh, wh- which church was the one you went to with uh, Ben, whose last name I won't say because I don't think he wants to be mentioned on this podcast. Yeah, I went to both with Ben. I only uh, ever went to church with like white people who took me there. Like, <laughs> God, white savior complex is such a real thing. The same thing with my neighbor. She always wanted me to switch yeah. from Catholicism to uh, whatever weird non-denominational church they were a part of. She pushed yeah, so yeah, yeah. hard to try to, this. like, get me to, like, go get baptized at her church. I was like, my parents already have a religion, lady. Like, <laughs> The one thing I remember most vividly from going to church um, is that it was always an inside joke between me and Ben that I really hated religious singing. Like, it made me feel so uncomfortable, and it was so <laughs> weird, and I never liked it. And I always tried to leave whenever it happened, and Ben would, like, make a joke out of, like, fucking like holding me down <laughs> and like making sure i couldn't leave so that i had to like sing along with these yeah, weird a joke ass about people, or whatever about people reciting enchantments <laughs> while holding you down yeah One of man. those goofy mess em ups with your friend no no i mean it was more three stooges than it was like uh clockwork orange but um <laughs> that was like my most vivid memory was how much i absolutely hated the the feeling of being in a group and singing these weird songs together I don't know. This isn't a religion episode. We shouldn't be, um, we shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. We need long, to talk about we're... relationships. We brought some relationship uh, advice columns to this Well, uh, Well, the thing about Christianity is that it's not a religion. It's a relationship with, with Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah, that is what new age Christians say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many times did you see that on Facebook as a middle schooler and a high schooler? Jesus Christ. You know I didn't well, have a Facebook, sorry, I didn't... Adrian. <laughs> Let me distinguish that better. Jesus, fuck, what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, we have two relationship columns and they are specifically about men dating women who they perceive to be better than themselves. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, this is a tough one for me and you to riff on because I assume we've never had this experience because of our own exceptionalism. Have, yeah. have you ever been in insecure in a relationship? Has like your girlfriend been able to like blow like a larger, like double bubble bubble gum thing than you were able to, and it just left you feeling like. You weren't really quite a man. What was the... No, exactly that scenario, okay. yeah. Yeah, I see. I, I know you too well. I always come packing on the first date with some double bubble. <laughs> I think I have had, uh, or have at least been on dates with women who are physically stronger <laughs> than I am. But I don't find that... Um, for me, that's not like a... Like, me and my ex-girlfriend used to, like, play wrestle sometimes. <laughs> and, like... Uh, I, don't, I don't think if those had been, like, any more serious, I would have necessarily won. <laughs> But I don't think that was a sore spot for me at all. I just think it was one of those things where, like, I could see other men being upset by um, that. But no, I'm, I'm generally just a very weak person. <laughs> I'm of delicate constitution. So. That is, I would describe you of delicate constitution. That is accurate. 
<laughs> but certainly mentally, no. I don't think like I, I think I've generally been smarter than the people that I've dated. Mm. Um, I, I don't think there's like any other thing that like has particularly yeah. stood out. Like I'm upset that my girlfriend or partner is doing this better than I do. Yeah. Um. I guess not the strength thing for me, but uh, uh, I've definitely been with the girls who are more talented than me, like artistically and uh. You know, I'm a very even-keeled person, so it's not harder to be, like, a more interesting person. Uh, or not interesting, to be a more, uh, to live a more, like, uh, exciting and wild life than my, like, my 9-to-5 energy, I would describe it as. <laughs> you got big 9-to-5 energy, for sure. <laughs> I got big 9-to-5 energy. <laughs> no, yeah, I think, oh, you know what, actually, that's a good point, yeah. I think I, ha I have, um, d not dated, but I've been in courtship like areas with women who are just just cooler than me as like a, a state just a statement of fact yeah the word cool is probably a better way to describe it than more creative but yeah i've i've, I've yeah. been with women who are cooler than me for sure but yeah like you said i've never been in a, both the people i think in our uh in our advice columns have an insecurity around their intelligence or their success and that's never like come up as an issue for me i did uh Mm -hmm. I did have a friend once where we were talking about the Harry Potter books and uh, the Hermione-Ron uh, Hermione dynamic came up and she did say, isn't that how it always is? And that is true. And I know you haven't read the books, Adrian, so I'll, uh, I'll describe it to you because like... I read up to book four. Okay. Um, well, they're not together by book four, so I'll still describe it for you. Um... Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. You piece of shit, Adrian. <laughs> you goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, they so just get so long after that one. Hermione and Ron get together, and I mean, their whole dynamic is that obviously she's like the only one of the trio who's worth anything, and she's intelligent, and Ron is like schlubby and shitty at everything, and that, and he feels insecure about that, and feels like he'll never like amount up to uh, being worthy of being with her, and I think that's a relatively common dynamic, I guess, if like sitcoms are to be believed for. <laughs> men and women dating that oftentimes mm. uh the man feels uh schlubbier and uh less uh that's the only word i keep using because i can't think of that's what you see on tv it. like that's the trope right yeah yeah that's the trope like the dad who's like a goofball and a good-hearted yeah. but like constantly makes mistakes and is kind of not that smart yeah it's like the hermione ron dynamic and i think a lot of people do run into that dynamic yeah i think you could uh i don't know Rick and Morty, uh, the Flintstones, um, fucking the Honeymooners, Jimmy Neutron, as I mentioned earlier, whether or not that gets cut. I think, it, yeah, it's pervasive, this kind of notion that uh, men are, who are lovable are able to just, like, obtain partnerships with women who should probably be aiming higher. Mm -hmm. And that's just, like, yeah, yeah. part of our cultural notion of, of, of what uh, heteronormative relationships should be like. Yeah, and that trope always comes with a certain attractiveness disparity, too. The woman who's smart is always more attractive than the guy. You know, yeah. it's always, like, the beer belly um, dad was, like, the woman way out of his league. Once again, I do yeah. want to make it, like, I'm talking about tropes here in media. I'm, I'm not really sure that this actually, like, plays out any more often than any other relationship dynamic in real life. But, like, it's certainly, like, a through line in uh, things people write. Okay, relationships. What's going on with those? 
So if you had to say what category of advice we were least qualified to give advice on. Oh, absolutely relationships. <laughs> yeah, I think so for sure. No question. We are not great in that department, but... Uh... I am not a out-on-the-town socialite. I do not have many relationships, which I think gives you data, or I've not had super, super long relationships, which gives you data. I've had a few short to medium long relationships. Okay, so I feel like we should get into one of these. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, you want to go first? Do you want to go second? I'll uh, I'll let you share your article first uh, this week. So uh, this is an article called uh, No Einstein, answered by Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz. So this is from the uh, Ask a Badass pod, uh, not podcast, the Ask a Badass um, advice column. And so this is a really cool thing out of Amsterdam where the whole idea is it's questions from real people who have sent in uh, these things in modern times. So this one's from 2016, but, you know, recent times. Um, and what they do is they take these questions, they pick a badass woman from history who you usually don't learn about in your history class, and then they answer the question using a kind of historical fiction um, type uh, perspective uh, from the person who they're choosing to answer this question um, for whatever relevant life experience they might have had that kind of addresses the question, uh, if that makes sense. Um, so basically they cosplay or they generate a question based on kind of what the general vibe of this person in history was, specifically someone who often isn't talked about, but who is a really cool woman from history. Now, um, Adrian, when you told me about this concept, my yeah. first uh, thought was it's a really cool idea and I really love it. And I'm probably just going to follow this, uh, probably just going to follow them outside of for finding articles for this podcast, because I just like the idea behind it. But yeah. I didn't look into who was actually the uh, the writer behind it because I feel like I'm not one of those people that says like an actor has to be such and such minority or identity to play a character. But it feels like for something like this, you should probably be a woman to write to write this advice column. Oh, and, God, I thought you were going to like get way more specific than that. I was like, I almost certainly it's written by a woman, whether or not it's written by a woman okay. who lived in uh, colonial Mexico. <laughs> I don't know if we have that level of specificity. I think it's just a Dutch woman. <laughs> But, um, okay, th that's good. Uh, so, okay, so I guess there's two, way we could, two ways we could do this. We could do it to where I read the question first, or I could read uh, the answerer's autobiography first, or not autobiography, her little blurb biography, or I could do that before the answer. What do you think works best? I would, I would actually be interested, yeah, before the answer. Before we read the answer, for sure, you can read it now or after the question. Okay, let's do the question first, just so we get the general sphere of what we're into, which I think we've kind of introduced pretty well anyways. So it's always addressed to Dear Badass. Um, Dear Badass, I've been dating this girl for six months, and she's amazing. We really get each other. We make each other laugh. We're totally attracted to each other, but she's smart, like really smart, to the point where I sometimes get intimidated by her. I'm afraid she'll get bored with me or hate having to explain things. Is that inevitable? Can a smart woman be happy with an average guy? Should I just let her go now so we don't have to deal with the fallout? Is there anything I can do to keep her? Thanks, Badass. No Einstein. All right, so... uh. Any uh, initial thoughts on the uh, question? Initial thoughts are a uh, non-funny answer. Let's just get that out of the way because it's easy. I mean, who who cares, dude? She likes you. Like, it doesn't... You're, you're, you're putting your own ego way in front of any real sort of issue here. And this actually kind of reminds me of something uh, ContraPoint said, who's a YouTuber, I think both me and you like, Adrian. Which we is, stand. We stand. We stand ContraPoints. But that... Uh, that narcissism and self-hate aren't like two different things and your own mm -hmm. obsession with your intelligence 
is kind of like a form of narcissism. It's just all around unhealthy. Like, I'm going to assume you actually are not as smart as her. It's narcissistic to think that that's that important. Self-hate as like a blanket to protect yourself doesn't make you like a humble person. It's just, it's, it's a completely unnecessary issue you've thrust onto yourself and her. Paul, I love that you've once again, you've once again come at this question um, <laughs> full of venom. <laughs> there, <laughs> you, uh, you, really, you really made sure to tell the asker why they're a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to come at this from a more sincere point. That um, was sincere. I'm, Damn. I mean, maybe I'm just no, too well, mean-spirited. I'm going to come from a more compassionate point that I, I, I don't. So in this day and age, I mean, you know. I think it's only recently that we've developed the word sapiosexual, right? Like the, the <laughs> notion that people are I- attracted to other people purely for their mind and their intelligence. Um, oh, not I for the think... scent of the soap they use? That's not what sapiosexual <laughs> is? Got you. I don't know if I can catch that one. <laughs> is that sapiosexual? <laughs> or, or does sapio work in a way that I didn't realize? <laughs> it would have been sapiosexual. Look, I needed to make the joke quick before you moved on and... <laughs> That's all okay. I could think of. That was close to Sapio. <laughs> um, I think um, it's not unheard of to think that. Let Let's say it's Let's say it's the most extreme version of this, right? She's a very smart woman, and he's just happens to be a very attractive man who's very dumb. I don't think it's ridiculous for him to be like, maybe this is not a sustainable relationship, and maybe this is something where I should just like get out and find someone who's I'm actually compatible with. Mm. Because I think I think that's like if you like do the statistics, that's probably one of the best measures. I know there's specifically studies about like people who are evenly attractive based on other people's perceptions last longer in relationships than when there's a huge disparity. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's the same thing for like intelligence or not even like you know intelligence like IQ, which is obviously flawed, but like some level of like you know some amalgamation of what intelligence is probably helps predict whether or not individuals are uh, made to last yeah how i like to measure intelligence where you throw the uh, blanket over the dog's head and how quickly they can get out i just do that with humans <laughs> uh yeah so <laughs> i i do the thing where you uh hold up the blanket and you show it to the to the dog slash human and then you drop it and run out of the room and you try and figure out how much they're freaking out about the fact that you just disappeared <laughs> um <laughs> um Fair enough. Okay. So, more fun solution. You need to you need to gaslight her into thinking she's incredibly stupid. Right? So So you start f- lead poisoning her? <laughs> That's actually just making her dumber. That is an option. Adrian. Okay. You have a less direct option? <laughs> <laughs> no. I was going to say that you have to uh do that thing where you pre-research everything that you guys like if you go to a museum, uh, this is an episode of Friends. Joey does this to a girl. Before he goes to a museum, he researches every piece in there to know what to say. The, you have to watch each documentary before you actually watch the documentary with her. And you have to have like a, a, a movie night. And each time you like pick a science documentary that you've already watched secretly earlier. And then you always say the facts before they come up in the documentary. So she goes, whoa, he, he, he already knew that. That's crazy that he knew, like, I don't know how far the earth was from mars or some shit uh i do think it's a good silly answer i do think it is one of those things that's not sustainable (laughs) that's like sustainable for a 22 minute sitcom episode (laughs) that is true um that is true it might be hard to actually pull off in 3d world the most sustainable one would be like actually cultivate intelligence but like what the fuck does that even mean yeah (laughs) where do you even start with that by every find a uh, someone who's collected all of the four dummies series and um (laughs) get to reading 
what a weird product of its time right yeah like do you think that would come out at this in this day and age oh i guess you could uh hold on we've we've come that we've come at this from the angle of make her less smart (laughs) make yourself more smart fake Um, being more smart fake being more smart uh i feel like the way we're phrasing this sounds like caveman (laughs) speak (laughs) ironically you make her not smart you be smart you make her not smart yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think actually there is a bit of there's a there's a nugget of truth in your very venomous answer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it so mean. The, the guy seems like a nice guy. It's sweet that he's worried about her in that sort of way. Like, oh well, I. Live I think up that's to one her. of those things where I bet in this answer they're gonna say something about the fact that the fact that you care about this. I think they're gonna go opposite where the fact that you care about this much shows that you are uh really invested in trying to make this a thing and right? i agree with that I, I really i genuinely feel bad if my answer was that venomous i agree with that um no i think i'm overplaying how much the villain you are <laughs> in this scenario i just i think it, it is it's it is and once again this is gonna sound venomous i do think it is weirdly selfish to to put that on both of you to make that an issue even in your own mind like get over yourself yeah, so I mean that 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 kind of comes to your point about like how you can in a relationship generally get an idea for who's smarter than the other person, just like things like that. Like you don't have to administer IQ tests. Well, no, that's what exactly what I'm saying though. Is that like, like Th- what's those are path? cultural like, things and not necessarily intelligent things. Yeah, because like I mean, if you guys both pick up a hobby and she it's intellectual and she picks it up faster that's a good sign but if she's really really into filmmaking and you're not and she knows more about films when you go to watch movies at the movie theater well like that's not like she cultivated that skill like what what is he what does he really mean by like she's smarter like she just spent more time she like learning different things or she just did better in high school which is like a really nebulous thing that like maybe she knows how to calculate the tip at the restaurant you go to quicker than you do but like how does this actually manifest i like that you're so invested in defending this guy you're like he's not really dumber than her like no i just i'm no i'm just wondering what the i'm just wondering what the specifics are like what is what does it really mean for her to to be smarter than him right um so yeah i don't really feel a need to defend this guy it's more just the fact that he lacks specificity in his writing because he's a fucking idiot (laughs) yeah um (laughs) fuck him you know what I changed my answer. He should tell her about how he's a stupid fucking idiot, and then she should break up with him and go get with someone who's a hero. She'll say, I know, and then start texting Malcolm Gladwell. (laughs) Slide into those DMs. Is that the tipping point? (laughs) Oh my god. So I think we have way too much. (laughs) 45 minutes. God damn. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to read her bio really quick before we uh, hear what she has to say. So, born in November of 1651 in San Miguel Nepantla, Mexico, the illegitimate child of a Criollo woman, which is uh, Spanish for Creole, I think, and a Spanish captain who was largely absent from her life, died of the plague on April 17, 1695, which she caught by ministering to other nuns. Juana was a child prodigy who taught herself to read at age three and spent her childhood studying everything she could get her hands on at the hacienda of her grandfather. Her writing brought her to the viceregal court as a teenager, despite her social status. At age 15, she entered a covenant and devoted her life to writing plays, poems, philosophy, and theology, which were enthusiastically read in Europe and the Americas. In 1693, her criticism of the Jesuit sermon and defense of women's education brought such pressure from the Catholic Church that she ceased writing. Okay, so that's her little bio. Let's read what her actual uh, kind of imagined answer is. I'm going to take you at your word. 
I'm sure you have many friends who respond to your question with demorals. You're smarter than you think. She's not that smart. I'm certain she would never allow any of the statements above to pass without question. I, however, am going to accept your assessment that the girl you love is much smarter than you because it's a question usually avoided and it's one worth answering. Intelligence and its life mate curiosity are Pandora and her box. For all their blessings, they wreak havoc on spiritual peace and social interactions. This is especially true for women, at least in most cultures. Think of your favorite thing about yourself, the thing you would never want to give up, the thing that makes you who you are. Maybe it's your sense of humor or your confidence or your athletic skill. Now imagine that you and everyone you meet are all raised with the expectation that a woman should have more of that attribute than the man she's with. Imagine how that would affect your search for a partner. Your question is born of a lifelong social expectation that a man needs to be the smarter one in the relationship. No one looks twice at a couple where the man is obviously smarter. Very few women would write within with your question. Many intelligent women play down their intelligence when they are attracted to someone because they have learned time and time again that this attribute they treasure is a barrier to their intimacy that every human craves. I'm gonna take a quick pause right here to be like, damn, I did not even think about that kind of um, sense of this question. And that's why I love the fact that we're doing this column. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're dumbasses in this, like, this article is actually answering it with like a lot of like poison beauty <laughs> that we did not bring <laughs> like the fact that we didn't yeah the fact that we immediately didn't bring up the fact that like a woman would never probably mm. write this is uh i don't know maybe that's too flippant actually because i feel like i could see that but you know in general I, I get totally what she's saying um let me resume do you wonder how a nun would know of such things? I always knew that my talents came from God. I always carved my words as gifts to lay at the feet of the divine. But I did not feel that he had called me to be his in chaste seclusion. When my words won me a place in the viceregal court, I expected a glittering marriage. I may have been a criolla, bastard from the campus, but the blessing of the viceroy and Spain's king was a dowry that exceeded most titles. I wanted, well... I wanted what most young girls want. I wanted a charismatic and handsome man to be in love with me. And the men? They were drawn to my image and my favor. But when we were alone, they wanted me to be less. They found it mannish that I would wish to discuss theology and philosophy instead of simping. Simpering. <laughs> I may moderate that. Um, they thought it mannish that I would want to discuss theology and philosophy instead of talking about Belle Delaphine. <laughs> Uh, hold on, no. <laughs> okay. They found it managed that I would wish to discuss theology and philosophy instead of simpering about fashion and gossip. They had status and riches and comfort at court, and all the advantages showered on the son of the aristocracy that a daughter of a rancher would never have. But the one advantage I had was still too much for them. I decided to live outside of the world, since I could not find a place that accepted all of me. Your girlfriend may not have to choose between a covenant or an unhappy marriage, but she has been raised on some of those ugly expectations all the same. I promise you that she at least has wrestled with the temptation to diminish herself, to pretend that she's dumber than she is. That you have spent six wonderful months in the knowledge that she is smarter than you speaks to her confidence both in herself and in you. You can create something wonderful and life-lasting, but only if you celebrate her gifts just as she celebrates yours. You see... Everyone brings their own flaws to every relationship, and everyone brings their own gifts. There are things that you are better at than her. Maybe you have more social graces. Maybe you're more organized. Maybe you're more athletic. Maybe you earn more money or are better looking. Just as you don't expect these imbalances to destroy your relationship, intelligence imbalance is just one piece of among many. Relationships aren't supposed to be a pairing of people who are absolutely alike in every way. 
Where would you even find someone like that? We are looking for someone who compliments you, who is strong where you are weak. This is beautiful. Yeah, also, it really, it it takes the opposite approach of me, which rather than showing a ton of distaste for the question asked here, really comes at it from like a empathetic point of view. And is also the writer for this column is uh, certainly like a good writer in their own right. The dude in uh in sweatshorts in, in a sweatsuit is writing this right now. Is doing yeah, the job. dude in their bulls throwback jersey. He's just he's killing it right now. Bro, you gotta be strong where she's weak. <laughs> and then the editor comes in and just fancies it up. Uh, no, this is. Glo- I, I actually don't know if I'm gonna have anything to say. I know. I was. I was. I was literally uh, thinking. I'm just gonna recommend people read this. Uh, read uh, Ask a Badass yeah. and. Uh, state that i basically agree 100 (laughs) percent two more paragraphs uh a word about creating this compliment and then i shall lay down my pen you fear she will bore of explaining things to you i say she will revel in your curiosity however often she has been chastised for being a know-it-all however frequently she has felt a freak your desire to hear what she knows will soothe these long healing wounds be unembarrassed in asking what she knows. You bring many things to the table that she does not. If this is the right relationship for you, she will treasure you for whom you are, or who you are. I don't know why I corrected her grammar there. Um, asking openly and honestly about what you don't know will create a space for her brain, one which may she may not have experienced in a relationship before. Your question shows a confidence and emotional intelligence that's rare among men. She is lucky to have you as you are to have her. I will pray that you have many years to enjoy the relationship you build together. Uh, Juana Inés de la Cruz. Yeah, the main problem is the concept of this show is that we mock both the question and answer, and I have nothing to mock about that answer. Uh, shout out to the uh, to the ghostwriter behind, uh, behind that. So for my column, I actually have one that I discovered off Twitter because uh, it's Dear Fuck Up on the outline. And so I do follow this person, the writer for uh, the Outlines Dear Fuck Up is Brandy Jensen, and I happened to follow her on Twitter, and she posted about how she has a uh, advice column, so I clicked on it, and uh, I found myself uh, a question that to uh, speak on this episode. So this is also about a uh, a man who uh, who feels like he was in a relationship that was a little bit lopsided, and I'll go ahead and just jump right into it. I'm 29 and a very struggling male writer, and I've only been in one serious relationship in my life, which ended seven years ago. Around the same time, I was diagnosed with depression. My ex is now basically as successful a novelist as it is possible to be, because she's a phenomenally talented and wonderful human being and deserves every second of it. She's also getting married soon. I try to avoid knowing things, but due to the aforementioned success, it's kind of impossible to completely avoid everything on social media without blocking her, which feels kind of petty. We didn't part on the best terms, but we were still in touch, and I was trying to be supportive until she met her current partner, which I found out about on Twitter. Ever since then, I've basically just been trying to avoid her, including to the point of moving overseas, and get on with my life and writing. That has not worked. This really isn't an issue of jealousy or resentment. I genuinely, honestly am happy for her success, and want nothing but the best for her, insofar as it's not weird to want things in relation to people you haven't spoken to in years. But at the same time, whenever I see her name, everything flares up and I instantly want to be dead. I'm working on that as a response. I've been to counseling and it did help a lot, but I'm skeptical that I'm ever going to be completely free of it. As happy as I am for her success, as glad as I am that I didn't trap her, it is extremely difficult not to feel as though I've been judged by the world and found wanting. 
To some extent as well, I know I'm indulging that response, but again, I don't really know how to stop. My question is, am I a shitty person for not being able to just be happy for her without these associated spirals? TLDR, I find my ex's success to be existentially threatening, and I despise myself for it. Sincerely struggling. Damn. Yeah. Um, when I picked this one, the main thing I thought was like, it actually bummed me out to read, but I did want to find one that kind of mirrored your issue of a man who was in a lopsided relationship. Um, and it was yeah well apparently the thing that's kind of different about this one is that it's not lopsided when they were together he very much feels like he freed her up to be her best self yeah that's such a like he's saying i'm glad i didn't trap her let her if she had stayed with me she wouldn't be in her position right now it is it is really depressing huh yeah i mean i don't know it's it's um i I think his heart's in the right place he mentions having depression depression it seems like a cyclical thing where he feels bad about this feeling and that makes him feel bad because he has this feeling. And that's one of those things where it's a really easy to get into that cycle where it never really ends. Um, and I don't know what evidence he really has that like he was the one holding her down. And I think he might be putting too much emphasis on that fact. Um, yeah. but I don't know if that helps anything. I don't think him like thinking like, Oh, she could have done it even if we had stayed together necessarily makes it any better for him. The one thing that I don't want to be as cruel as I was during the last answer, but it seems like the same type of thing where you're, you're thinking about yourself too much, and even though it feels like self-hatred, it's a type of narcissism to be that obsessed with yourself and your effect on her. You weren't mm. either holding her back or propelling her to success, and neither is her current fiancé propelling her to success. She's her own person think, who's living her own life. I think I very life. much agree with that this time. I think that he's putting too much efficacy in his own existence as a, as a piece of the puzzle of her life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, the, the, the notion that he could trap her, that he could be this like dead end for her so effectively put so much power in his hands that it, despite how helpless the, the question is. Yeah, it's uh, a weird really mix of pity fact. and self-obsession. And it, 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 it makes me genuinely fat, sad for him. I wouldn't say like I pity him or I'm upset with him, but I yeah, do it's... wish he could, he could lift himself out of it because it, it bums me out to read somebody who thinks that way. It's super interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think it bums so, me out because don't we all like know what it feels like to be a little bit too hard on ourselves to have that sort of uh or I don't know I certainly do I'm I'm not gonna put that on the listener or on you Adrian but feeling I'm feeling like that I think is uh for me a pretty universal emotion. What's the opposite of being your harshest critic? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I am. <laughs> you unabashedly love yourself. You're a very like Trumpian figure. <laughs> No, I would say Rousseauian, but if you want to, like, you know, modernize it, sure. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, opposite of that. What's the opposite of Rousseauian? I'm my harshest critic. All right, um, so what this guy needs to do is, um, I don't know, he said he still follows his ex on Twitter. Perfect, okay. So who so on Twitter has... one is stop doing that. No, no, no. Step one is who on Twitter hasn't said something problematic in 2012. You got to go back mm. through all her tweets. We're going to get her canceled. Dude, this is not going to be hard. In 2012, she probably said something about how, like, she went to an Ethiopian restaurant and, and the chef made her uncomfortable because he smelled like juniper berries. Some weird shit like that. And then all well, he's got... delicious, like a good <laughs> bottle of gin. No, I think yeah. the problematic tweet's going to be like, oh, hey, um, this person got this, uh, their book published and I didn't. They kind of suck. And it just happens that that novelist is black. And that's where you're like, boom. You're going to find something in 2012 that she tweeted like that. And that's what you forward to one of those like, 
hit piece writers on like on one of those sites like Jezebel or actually she's a female writer Jezebel won't pick this up but I mean certainly something like BuzzFeed would pick it up is the show Mansur still on (laughs) (laughs) would they pick this up yeah, you can get this trending. You can ruin her career. You can get her canceled. And then she won't be successful anymore. Boom, problem solved. So that's definitely BuzzFeed worthy because that's a real life hack uh, right there. <laughs> it, it also, so it sounds to me like he's not in another relationship. And honestly, I think that's probably the cure for like 90% of relationship woes. I don't think it's healthy, but like bouncing back, even if it's like temporary, mm. he probably just needs to find like another person, even if like it's a temporary solution. Okay, so you're not with me on the get her canceled online. No, I think he's going to feel worse about that. And I think it's going to be a whole nother, like, he writes to another advice column about that. <laughs> Help, I got my ex canceled because I was jealous and now I feel bad about it because it's all about me and my feelings. All right, always the critic, Adrian. That's our job. <laughs> That's what we get those Patreon bucks for, bro. Dude, oh, and thank you for everybody who's uh, subscribed to our Patreon. We're making uh, $50 million a month, so it's been uh, quite a whirlwind. Yeah, it's crazy how many of you guys wanted to be in the uh, $20 tier, where all we do is send you weird close-up photos of our nose hairs. As far as the response, I'll just go ahead and read that. It's a little bit long-winded, so uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and mention that I'm not reading the entirety. I'm skipping around a little, doing some on-the-fly editing. Links are in the bio. Wait, Um, links are in the description. So she starts by saying that this is basically a very classic quandary, which is, uh, which is how do I get over my ex? And then basically says that she usually doesn't take them, but the reason she's taking this one is because she's also particularly bad at getting over people. And then she states, so trust me that I, that I am saying this without judgment. Seven years is an absurd amount of time to cling to an ex. That the mere fact of her still causes you this amount of distress is clearly a problem. You keep insisting that you are truly, genuinely happy for her. Happiness for the people we love can certainly be a bit adulterated by envy, but you are describing your relationship to a person with whom you have not spoken in years. The conflict and ardor and tumult of your feelings bear little relationship to her as a real existing woman. You don't need to get over your ex, you need to get over yourself. In some ways, this is much harder to do. It's also pretty urgent you start to reimagine what failure and success mean in your life, because if not, these feelings will continue to curdle you from the inside. Most writers who have ever lived are not successful at 29, and ones who are don't necessarily seem like happy people either. Try to find validation elsewhere, in your relationships with family, by being a helpful neighbor and a loyal friend. And definitely take a break from social media. Twitter is not a healthy place for any of us, especially those prone to self-critical comparisons. Social media has a way of collapsing distance, both in terms of geography and time. And emotional distance is precisely what you have to cultivate. You don't have to feel happy for this woman you no longer know. You have to feel less of anything at all. Love a fuck up. I have some thoughts about that. Yeah, the, the one part I thought was the most true was... At the end where it kind of mirrored the whole Mm -hmm. a healthy relationship with ego is not to be overly critical or to be overly confident. It's really to have more of a reverence for your own self, to not really think about your own self at all. And she does basically get to that point at that. I think I also missed the scope of how long it's been. Yeah. I missed that a little bit. Yeah, that, that is crazy to still be upset this long afterwards. Like year three or two or one or four wasn't. I guess maybe she wasn't successful at that time, but, like, it seems like a late time to, to write it. <laughs> I don't know, like, what part of his, like, plan of getting over this was, but it seems a bit late. The other thing, um, actually, what's weird is that my only other real complaint about this answer is the critique of social media. Mm. I've always been generally, like, kind of 
eh about that. Like, I told you that I've been listening to Mike Birbiglia's podcast, right? Yes. In the last episode, his wife reads her poem about social media that's very critical of social media. It's one of those things where, like, I don't know. It's not, it hasn't, maybe, it's very much colored by my own psyche, but I don't have a hard time seeing people have a fun time on social media or look yeah. good on social media and, like, still be happy with myself like there are many things that make me hate myself but it's not because i see people on social media doing stuff like no no i agree with you and i think it's interesting because i think the people who are most obsessed with making social media the most important thing in our world are the people the most evil pernicious source of like yeah distraught in our in our society are the people who are on social media the most and it's like yeah I'm not stalking exes on Twitter. I'm not stalking exes on Facebook or whatever, but like I, I get it's a thing. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I think take a break is a good, is a good piece of advice. I, the general more like meta notion of like social media is this like corrupting force in our nation or whatever. I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's, it's nice that I get to keep in contact with people who I don't get to see in a face to face anymore. But um, in terms of the other things that are going on about it, it was fine. Um, I mean, I I felt like she didn't come up with any wacky hijinks, which was a weak point. Um, yeah, not a lot. Of, not a, not a lot of uh, what fast food to bring as a peace offering in this one. <laughs> uh, but I mean, she starts off with the first paragraph saying, "Like this is a question that no one's really figured out." Although I feel yeah. like people have figured this out, right? It's what I said earlier. Like if you're upset about your ex, like find another person to distract yourself until you eventually die of this mortal coil. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> That's how we get through life is we distract ourselves. There's a whole theory in um, sociology or psychology that like all of our culture and all of our entertainment that we have come up with as a culture is just a way to distract ourselves before we die. (laughs) And I don't like necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. Do you think we freed up too much time by inventing farming? If we lived in like a tribe of 50 people and we were hunter gatherers, we wouldn't have time to care about our exes. Exes wouldn't be a concept. Yeah. I don't know. This seems like I don't even know what point I'm making. I might have had a few too many drinks. I was gonna say I don't know if I agree with that either because I think I had a professor who made the point that like life was better before we discovered agriculture and like hunter hunter gatherer societies actually had way more free time than we realized. Uh, yeah, oh, really? and like it's like any other species that hunts. Like they don't spend their whole day hunting. I thought they were spending a lot of their time hunting and gathering. <laughs> no, so I think those are the two main things they were known for. But I don't think is what they spent the most time doing. Um, Uh-oh. yeah, I think it's like, uh, like greasers. Greasers didn't spend all their time greasing shit. They spent their time <laughs> eating and being with their family and having friendships and stuff like that. Like hanging around a campfire and ha- telling stories. What, what did they have to tell stories about? They were all around each other all day. You know, you, you stray off for a while. You find a deer, you befriend it. Um, I don't know. Stories didn't have to live up to the hype of being pr- you know able to be viral uh, on the internet back then you could tell a story about anything okay you're 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 saying one person in the hunter gatherer community he wasn't like the hbo of that community where everybody was like he's got the good yeah shit, yeah they're like he only story. tells stories once every year but like when he tells them bro you better listen <laughs> yeah i think uh similar to your article for this one we also don't have much to say to the response it was too competently put together and i don't nothing, know i wouldn't uh, say that necessarily i think I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say one to one. Like they both were equally good at um, answering the question. I would say that they both just kind of. There was nothing controversial about them. They were all uh, at least yours was really well written and was like 
super fun to read. This one, there's just nothing controversial about. It was just, uh, it was very what it is. Um, okay, so do you want to get to a topical tip? Also, I I, uh, I I made a theme song for the topical tip, if you want to play that really quick. It's a topical tip. Just the tip. <sighs> so children on TikTok have apparently resurfaced the Pizzagate conspiracy. And for those people who don't know what Pizzagate is, it was a conspiracy that came out of the Hillary Clinton email leaks, where in the leaked emails, John Podesta and some other Hillary staffers said some kind of weird off-kilter things about cheese pizza and various other foods, and they would often talk about this uh, pizza shop called Comet Ping Pong, and they would say just like, when I say off-kilter, like it genuinely was weird, random, off-kilter stuff. Like it was like, we're gonna bring 20,000 pizzas to like, to Hillary's such and such event. And it's just like, 20,000 seems like too many. Like it was genuinely weird stuff, but genuinely weird in the type of way where, okay, there were probably like, it was probably a mix of typos and socially weird, awkward people saying things in weird ways. Paul, I'm not gonna lie. You're sounding like the deep state right now. I don't want to get all Alex Jones on you right now, but... It was all things that I think could be uh, explained away in, at worst, not criminal ways. But the internet took this information and these emails about pizza and ping pong pizza and these awkward uh, turns of phrase, and they decided Hillary Clinton was sexually assaulting and ritualistically eating and killing children in the basement of... Comet Ping Pong, a pizza shop for children. And so you probably heard about all of this. I, I assume most of our listeners have heard about it and you probably heard all about all of this, especially when it all came to a tip on on a day where uh, a man from North Carolina drove up to Washington, D.C. with an assault rifle, burst into Comet Ping Pong, basically took some hostage, hostages and refused to give up to the police until he was allowed to search the entire restaurant and make sure that there was no basement with children in there. Yes, so after that, it generally died down as a conspiracy. That's around the time Trump was getting elected. And I would say it got kind of morphed and swallowed into the whole QAnon movement slash religion slash conspiracy. And recently, it's been revived, and we've had like a slew of articles coming out. Uh, The New York Times and a few other places have reported that all of this has had a resurgence on TikTok as of late. And it mostly started with uh, Justin Bieber on a sort of TikTok live stream where somebody commented, if you were if you were sexually molested by powerful elites, touch your hat during his live stream. And he touched his hat after that comment went up on the live Ooh. stream. And so people, I think, in a very logical and not at all crazy way, took that for the signal it was and... And rightfully assumed that he had been sexually assaulted by Hollywood elites as a child. All of this has now been built into the already existing Pizzagate narrative. And now it's uh, spreading like wildfire, apparently, on TikTok. The kids love it. This conspiracy that was for grandmas and grandpas to get angry at the Clintons at is now a pizza-based conspiracy for young children to get angry at the perceived molestation of Justin Bieber and other Nickelodeon stars at the hands of Hollywood elites. Can I ask you a question? What would be your sufficiently validating uh, response, but not too out there response? Like, 
touch your hat seems very innocuous. So like if you were to be like, Adrian, I see you right now in the Google chat or whatever, in the Skype or in the Zoom. Uh, let me know you're safe. Do X, Y, or Z. That's not too obvious, but not too not obvious. I would say take a sip of your drink, but spill it. Oh, I do that a lot, though. I'm a very messy boy. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, how how likely... I think the likelihood of that syncing up with you actually... That question with you actually doing it and making the mistake... <laughs> Think yeah, I, I think it. you forget that I'm a really bad actor, though. So I'm gonna like hold it and sip it, and they'd be like, "Well," as <laughs> I like juggle it back and forth and spill it all over myself. But no, that's that's a good, that's a good answer off the top of your head. You'd be a much better SWAT team member than I would. Yeah. So, what, what, do you have any advice for uh, young Mr. Bieber or for uh, for Hillary Clinton or for the uh, Hollywood executives who are molesting children? Oh God. Um, any advice to offer anybody in this what story? What a swath of people. On how, or the TikTok teams. <laughs> do you have any advice to offer the TikTok teams? Uh, for the TTTs, for the Triple T's. Um, triple triple T's. T's. Tiger Town Tavern, okay. Clemson. Let's let's not get into that. Uh, isn't there a child pedophile ring underneath that tavern <laughs> let's investigate um no i think i think my advice would be for the ttts and i think my advice would be um if this actually is the source of this conspiracy theory i think the zoomer identity is uh fundamentally fixated on the notion that it is the antithesis of the boomer generation and so if that's what you're going for this can't be what you guys are are doing collectively. Like the, you guys should y- y'all, sorry to gender it. Y'all should be gathering around for these kind of uh, boomerash shenanigans. Like, be smarter. You have the internet. You have. I mean, honestly, it, that's a weird thing to say because the internet's probably been the biggest boon for conspiracy theories than anything else. But in general, like just be be more commonsensical i don't know like i I don't know this doesn't this doesn't seem zoomer this seems like it's offshooting zoomer in a different direction if they want to be not the boomer generation they should be pivoting away from shit like this and uh, I'm, i'm 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 disappointed to see them go in this direction okay my advice for hillary clinton release those children immediately from the basement of ping pong pizza you know, I feel really bad for saying this because I sound like Laura Ingram, but I kind of want to just say, like, go back to the dancing. <laughs> like, her responses to LeBron James or whoever, like, giving political stances is like, okay, okay, we heard, we heard enough from you. Go back to your dancing TikTokers, all right? That's what you get paid for. I do, <laughs> I do, I do genuinely wonder if, like, I think a majority of them don't believe the, believe it. It's just kind of a fun goof up It's for like them a to meta like, ARG for them. Yeah, I think it is like kind of meta humor because I don't think they legitimately believe in Pizzagate. I think they think it's funny to take the aesthetics of a stupid boomer meme and pretend that they believe it. But the problem is some percentage of them are inevitably going to actually believe it. It only took one um, man from North Carolina, right? Like that's the issue. It's like everyone could yeah, be in on yeah. the joke, but if one person isn't. We don't need more things that are hard for people to distinguish reality from not reality. That's clearly like something a lot of people have issues with nowadays. And in the era of fake news, I don't know if we need to be creating fake news for the uh, for the fun of it when it comes to uh, having a big goof em up about Pizzagate or... <laughs> about the mandela effect if you don't genuinely believe it probably don't push it i don't think oh it's just fun for me is a 
is a good excuse considering we live in an era when people genuinely think the world is but flat. who knows maybe they're pushing you know? this into what the next iteration of this is which is like entertainment becomes this play this like critical dance of like we don't believe in most narratives in the mainstream and so we're gonna play around with the idea of like what's true what's not and it sounds like a really weird future but like maybe if the people who are in it are equipped to handle it i don't know what i'm saying to me it just sounds like something where like i could almost see this being like the new thing where it's uh like the onion on steroids as like the general like everything's the onion basically like it's all just you you know you uh, can't but just even entire cultural yeah, trends you are know jokes. you can't trust anything <laughs> and so we're gonna play off that and i don't know really i don't really know where that leads and uh, i don't know who that leaves behind in terms of the fact that many people even in our day don't can't tell an onion uh article headline from another but yeah i don't know i don't want to like claim that like zoomers i mean they're more internet savvy but i don't think there's any reason to expect that they're like on average more intelligent than any other generation that's come before them so who knows it'll be interesting to see how this uh post-truth world plays out yeah interesting um so i think my big fact is something that i mentioned for both articles that we uh that we reviewed both advice columns which is being too self-critical isn't a version of humbleness and it's not a version of intelligence being too self-critical is still an obsession with yourself and just the other side of the coin that is narcissism. My no cap, I think there's probably, I think there's a weird middle ground where in early days you lived in a small village and you broke up with someone and you just had to know what was going on because you lived in the same village. Nowadays you have the option to follow them on social media. There's probably this like peak golden era where you could break up with somebody and never have to know about them again. And that's often been the strategy that I take for my relationships and it's worked quite well. So I think that's actually my no cap is, um, if you break up with somebody and you have weird feelings about it, like, just don't, like, disengage. Get out of it. You don't have to be a part of any of this that you don't want to be. And I think we're going to end this episode on a kind of weird, different note. But I think Paul has approved for me to do this because um, Paul's obviously the daddy of the podcast. So he gets to choose what happens. But in, in recent days, uh, not to date the podcast again, but uh, Grogs from injury reserve uh has recently uh passed away and that's really sad news he was very young we don't know the cause of death yet um all i can say is that it's a it's a really it's 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 terrible and um it's hard to process these are all like parasocial relationships right so i don't i didn't know grogs i don't really know that much about him only to the extent that i heard what he had to tell me about himself from his lyrics Uh, But it's sad, and it's really depressing. And so uh, I hope he rests in peace. I hope he rests in power. And uh, I I wish the best for him and his family and the rest of Injury Reserve. And uh, if if there's any point in dedicating this episode to him, I hope that means something to somebody. But yeah, this this is for Grogs. Yeah, I would would like to mirror that sentiment and just um, also really sad to hear about it. And I don't think what I have to say is quite as beautiful as yours, but I would just injury reserve and grogs himself they create music that's both uh like very jovial like it's very like joyous music it's really fun you can like sit back and kind of laugh to it It has like this sense of humor that's like one of my favorite parts of hip-hop is the sense of humor that i think a lot of people don't recognize as very inherent to the genre but then as well injury reserve often like they'll speak on issues that are very emotional too and grogs often spoke about his uh 
his difficulty with uh, his family and drug abuse and uh, growing as a person and having a child and um, obviously that's another dimension as well. and there is a GoFundMe for him and his family but you know we're not asking you to donate but um, I'll probably throw some money in that ring in that hat in the ring I don't know what the phrase is but um, yeah all right Paul all right yeah thank you for joining us guys this was uh this was fun yeah. Adrian as always love you Paul I'll see you next week really feels like I'm losing it Sad thing is I ain't doing nothing to improve this shit Some days are better than others Feeling distant from my brothers I almost lost control and chucked my baby's mother But I checked myself Thank God I checked myself I was helping others but I just can't seem to help myself I just can't help myself Nothing to be concerned about Listening to Amy, I ain't going either But we know how that turned out Then the homie Josh OD Don't think it to myself, that could have been me Just turned 28 But my liver's probably like 73 this ain't the life for me, ain't feeling like the man I'm supposed to be Thought having kids would make you tame I've been doing even more dress since my daughter came My mama's gonna hear this and feel so shame, so shame.